It's Wednesday night, it's after Dynamite, and you know what that means. It means it's time for a little Wrestling Inc. podcastery, my friends. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. I'm joined by the owner, for the proprietor, the man behind the magic at Wrestling Inc., Raj Geary. Raj, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you as well. How's it going? It's going fantastically, and over on my right, maybe your left, I don't know how your screen is oriented, but (laughs) she's wearing a sparkly jacket. She knows wrestling a whole hell of a lot better than most people on this planet. Issa, how are you, my dear? I'm doing well. How are you? Fun show. Fun jacket. Good Lord. I saw you tweet out a picture of of what it was that you were wearing tonight. You were inspired, I believe, by, by the old Y2J jacket. Is that what's happening tonight? Yeah, yeah, I thought just in case Jericho died tonight, I wanted to pay him some honor, but he survived. <laughs> he could have died, man. Now he could have died. <laughs> I mean, let's let's talk about Dynamite. Uh, we're going to go in order, but bef- let's just jump right to the end, though, immediately. I mean, Raj, you were talking about uh, how the hardcore match like that was not necessarily your cup of tea. Was there just too much blood, too much violence for your liking? I I can't recall seeing a match quite like that on network TV, possibly ever. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're slicing someone's head with a pizza cutter and stuff like that, I just feel like AEW is on such a roll right now. And uh these shows have been hot since they've had crowds back. I mean, it just feels like a hot product right now. And it just seems like, a, I don't know, a risk you wouldn't want to take. It's like putting off. And I'm going to assume, you know, they spoke to TNT and, and let them know what was coming. But, you know, stuff like that could go to sponsors, things like that. It can bring bad publicity. And I, I just feel like that's something they don't need right now. But outside of that, I thought it, this was a hot show. I thought it was really good. Issa, what was your take? Was it just a little bit too much for your liking, or was this right up your alley? Not enough. And sponsorships, Raj, you can get Domino's, Papa John's, Pizza Hut. You know how many pizza sponsorships they can get out of Nick Gage? Actually, they, that the first uh, the first ad they cut to when they did that picture in picture was a pizza was a pizza yeah. spot. And look, you know Shaquille O'Neal owns a crap ton of Papa John's restaurants, and he loves him some wrestling. So that's a natural fit right there. Yeah, <laughs> I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I watched um, GW, GCW this weekend just because I needed to see that Matt Cardona match, and I I think I I like these matches more than I probably should. Well, we will dissect the blood and guts that was the main event here in just a little bit. But let's rewind two hours earlier to the opening contest that had Adam Page and the Dark Order facing the elite squad of Anderson Gallows, Nick and Matt Jackson, as well as Kenny Omega, a 10-man tag team elimination match with a Chicago Bulls-style entrance for the elite squad. Justin Roberts doing his best Bulls PA announcer impression. Uh, No surprise, by the way, with the basketball theme there that this uh, segment was sponsored by Space Jam. I can't make this up. Fantastic. All right, so here we go. In order with the masks, uh, Alex Reynolds right off the top. Hits a beautiful superplex uh, off the top rope to the outside. Takes out just about everybody there. Uh, But just a moment later, he would become the first person to be eliminated. Carl Anderson goes out second. Stu Grayson, Doc Gallows, they get the double count out. Those are your third and fourth eliminations. Now, real real quick with the Stu Grayson, did that look like... Did that look like it was an audible that they called that quick? Because it looked like Stu Grayson hit his head on the cement and, and they kind of called it quick. I didn't pick up on that. You said, did you? 
I did see that. I thought he landed weird or something happened. Maybe they called the audible, but I did catch that rush. I thought it was odd the way that it went down so fast after that happened. Yeah. So possibly. And, and you know, AEW, that, they have never done a count out on Dynamite. They've done it on Dark, I think, once before with Peter Avalon and, uh, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting uh, who was facing, uh, or Brandon Cutler. But, um, yeah, on Dynamite, they never do it. So, it, I mean, maybe it was planned just to get a couple eliminations at the same time. But it, it seemed, he seemed like he, he rang his bell. So, um, I'll check into that. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get an update here before the end of the show. Uh, then we have uh, Evil Uno. Evil Uno eliminated fifth here. Uh, gets taken out with the one-winged angel, uh, one-winged angel by Omega, leaving only Hangman Page and John Silver uh, to be shorthanded against Omega and the Bucks there. By the way, the crowd loves them some John Silver. Did you guys pick up on that? I mean, he could do no wrong tonight. I mean, they were championing this guy big time. Uh, botched spot a little bit, not necessarily a botched wrestling move, but Nick Jackson did botch that alley-oop, man. I mean, and he was set up perfectly. And the and the, and the hoop on the outside of the ring, I mean, it's just like, what, six feet, maybe six and a half feet. He should have hit this alley-oop easy, but nonetheless, the ball doesn't go through the hoop, but boy, oh boy, did did uh, Hangman Page ever take the spike pile driver there? Anyway, uh, flash forward here. Uh, we got ourselves uh, Hangman being taken out. So he and the Dark Order now can never, ever, ever uh, challenge for the world title or the uh, the tag team titles, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, Raj, we'll start with you. Opening contest, I was thoroughly impressed. I enjoyed myself. What, what did you think? Um, really quickly, Buddy Barlow in the chat is noting that Stu posted that he's fine. So uh, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I, I think, uh, everyone thought that the, you know, the finish would be hangman winning. Um, you know, I mean, I think everyone's expecting all out to be hangman versus, uh, Omega. And that seems to be the hottest match they have in the companies. And they're, you know, AEW, they don't really go back on steps. I'm trying to think if they have yet. Um, you know, Cody said he'd never challenge for the world title again when, if he lost to Jericho and he hasn't. Um, and, and, and that's the big one. I'm trying to think if there are any other major ones. So, um, yeah, I was surprised by that ending. But, man, this was a hot match. I, I loved how they did the entrances. It just made it feel it was different. It made it feel different. It made it feel hot. The crowd was into it. It just made it. If you're just flipping through the channels, and I know people don't really do that anymore, but if you were, I'm sure you'd kind of stop and be like, whoa, what is this? This is this just seems wild. Issa, what, what did you take? I mean, Raj is on board with it. I'm on board with it. The crowd who was there in person, they certainly were on board with it. Were you on board with it? Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching this match. The ending question of why I kind of wanted Hangman Page to win, or if he was going to lose, then don't let him and Omega touch, you know, like because maybe you can continue the story. Uh, the entrances were really something else. It was a lot of fun to see both of them. I love the um, cowboy mix with the Dark Order gear and then the Elite Squad jerseys. They better sell those. They're going to make so much money out of that. But yeah, it was a hot start. I didn't expect this to start. I actually thought this was going to main event, so I was shocked to see how they reversed that it was a great way to start the show and it never they never put their foot on the brake after this and yeah. i'll tell you the thing is uh, also raj they did a phenomenal job of keeping hangman page looking very strong obviously didn't kick out uh, on the first pin uh, pin attempt here so uh, really it took 
three guys to take him out. Uh, so he looks as strong as ever. I hope that down the line he will get that world title shot, perhaps after Omega drops it, and then they can have a rematch for the title um, sometime in the future. But uh, I don't think that there's any shine off of the guy, despite the fact that he didn't win. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, um, it'll be interesting to where to see where it goes. Um, I mean, it seemed. Uh, I mean, it seemed like the, the obvious uh, turn is for Omega to to beat. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Page to beat Omega. And I just wonder if that changes now with CM Punk coming in and you know Daniel Bryan coming in because you got to think their two biggest matches are Kenny Omega versus CM Punk and Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, and the belt just makes it that much bigger. Uh, just, you know, in news articles and media and everything, you know, CM Punk challenging for AEW title. It, it it just makes for a big story. So I almost wonder if now you don't put the title on page, even though that's been the but, story. But they've worked so hard to build this for two years. This Adam Page moment is something that the fans have been waiting to happen. And you got him so over that I just feel like it will be... Uh, very WWE of AEW to not finish the story before they move on and do something with CM Punk and Daniel Bryanson, if that's the case. Let's grab a couple of uh, quick super chats. We have one from uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins says, AEW is off the charts, straight fire right now. It's like a pay-per-view every week. Even the graphics they use put WWE to shame. Plus, we need Cage to dethrone Roman. Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally, I, I don't even know what to make of that match, but damn, uh, that could be a whole lot of fun. Raj, what's your take, man? Straight fire better than WWE right now? Uh, I mean, it feels more lively. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I still, you know, it, 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 it all depends. I mean, they're so different. Um, you know, when I watch SmackDown, I, you know, I, I, I watch Roman Reigns and his stuff and I just feel like. That feels like the biggest stuff to me in wrestling, but AEW feels like the most liveliest and, and funnest. So it's just, it, I guess it's just your personal preferences. They they both have their pluses and minuses, but uh, these shows that they've been presenting, I mean, they have been super hot. And um, again, now with Punk and Brian, that's that adds a, you know, that's a, adds a whole nother layer. I mean, we'll even work, if, yeah, and we'll get we'll yeah we'll get to that more, but <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm chomping at the bit to get to that. Uh, but Issa, give me a super comment on the super chat real quick. Yeah, I am loving AEW, and I do think they're making every week feel special one way or another, whether it is like theming their shows or they're putting just pay-per-view worthy matches on TV. It's awesome. I'm having a lot of fun. I didn't used to be into AEW, and I've been watching them weekly. Like Raj said, you just it's fun to watch. Let's go ahead and grab another super chat while we're at it. Van Dam Pickahan. That's an awesome name. I like that one. AEW showed why they are growing into a true alternative. Two WWE fans are part of the show and having fun. Wrestling hasn't felt this entertaining since the Attitude Era. I'll go ahead and second that. I'm going to double down on that one and make that a $20 super chat. <laughs> are you using his money or are you Absolutely, putting man. in your own? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know, but I mean, I, I could kind of see that um, as far as having a second company that just feels on fire. Uh, Impact never really had that kind of buzz. You know, even when they got Hogan, they were still in the small setting. When they did go to arenas, they didn't have the big the big crowds. They weren't sold out. They weren't as as hot and rabid as this, you know, as these AEW crowds are. So um, it's hard to argue that. Issa, 
Anything? Agreed. Agreed. I've always been a WWE person, and and they they're getting me to watch and enjoy every week, and that's awesome. I think it's it's. I think pro wrestling is a lot of fun right now. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Here, here to that. And I was worried, uh, you know, even a little bit before the pandemic that a little bit of the shine was coming off of wrestling because it had hit that ultra right. high. You think back to when New Japan and Ring of Honor sold out the garden together and Cody had just been this free agent for so long and, and, and like built up a name for himself and Ring of Honor was super hot. And then we get word of AEW and it's like, holy crap, wrestling is the greatest thing ever. And then it's hard to sustain that momentum. So you did get that lull during the early part of the pandemic, but like the last three months, man, it's been not just on an upward trajectory, but this thing's been taken off like a rocket. I'm loving, I'm absolutely loving what AEW is up to right now. Uh, Dynamite, let's move on. Next oh, part. Oh, of real quick, one more super chat. We got one stellar Justin Lopez. Feel bad for Hangman. Seems he's getting pushed to the side. So where are they going for all out? Punk already? LOL. What say you, Issa? We'll start here. I mean, there was a lot of punk references tonight in this August 20th show, the night before SummerSlam at the United Center in Chicago. I don't know. I don't know, but I can see everybody wanting to see that, um, you know, right off the bat if the rumors are true. Yeah, I mean, they named, you know, they had, uh, they named the event First Dance, which is kind of a takeoff of the last dance, which is about the Chicago Bulls and Jordan. And then Punk had posted, you know, the song from the Chicago Bulls that they used, you know, for when they would open their game. So uh, it's it's not such a subtle tease and Darby Allen, you know, saying, uh, unless you're in an AEW, you know, something along the lines of uh, the best in the world is here or something like that. Um, so... I mean, it's not it's not subtle now, um, and it does seem like by that date, either he appears on that show, like that's the first one, or there's so many different ways you can do it. Um, but it definitely does seem like that's his show. He'll definitely be on that show, whether it's his debut or a match or what. I, I just I would think that it would have to be the debut. I think that you save the match for the pay-per-view. Raj, you and I were talking about this a little bit on Monday night. I think you have to save that match for the pay-per-view, but you can have that first dance be his debut at that episode of Rampage. That's the way personally I would do it, and that drives buys over to the pay-per-view. Yeah. You don't think they're going to be doing like Paige losing tonight is so they go to – Punk versus Omega at the pay-per-view already, right? That seems like it would be rushing it a little bit because does Punk take the title already? I mean, in his first match, I, I don't know, man. I think that you got to make the guy work a little bit to get there. Issa? I mean, I, I wouldn't want to see that happen, but at the same time, it might be what people push for. So, you know, if this one is whatever creative way they go with CM Punk is going to be the biggest thing in wrestling at that moment. So why not capitalize on it? I wanted to see an end to the Omega Hangman page story that didn't involve that pin tonight. So we'll see. All right. Let's put a pin in the punk talk for just a little bit. We're going to come back to that in a second when we get to that Darby Allen promo. But next up on Dynamite tonight was Alex Marvez backstage with Pac. Turns out that you've got Chavo Guerrero and Andrade. They're devious. They uh, take away the car that had been arranged for the Lucha Brothers at the airport. So the Lucha Bros, not there. So they're planting the seed of doubt between Pac and the Luchas. So we'll see kind of what happens there. I'm guessing that this story is going to evolve when the match happens. I think it's going to be 
pretty spectacular. But uh, Raj, was this trending toward maybe just the beginnings of uh, the Pac and the Lucha breakup, man? Death Triangle? Uh, I, I mean, I wouldn't do that, I think. Uh, but it does kind of seem that way, right? Like they're going to go with uh, in a line with Andrade. I think Chavo is great here. You know, his first week, it sounded like he was a little babyface. Like he 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 was confused on whether he was supposed to be a heel or a babyface. Here here he was clearly a heel. I thought he was awesome. And uh, you know, Andrade and Pac. I mean, that's that could be a hot match. I mean, it will be a hot match. But um, yeah, I, I think I think that's a, a cool way to go. Issa, if you're doing the booking, do you keep Pac and the uh, and the Lucha Bros together here, or do you split them? I split them. <laughs> I'd love to see them join Andrade and have like, listen, I'm always here for a Latino world order forever, right? So we'd love to see it no matter where it happens. Um, That being said, I really enjoy Chavo Guerrero tonight, to your point. He feels like a whole, he's on a different level now and he's just fun to see and I like this pairing of him with Andrade a lot more than Vicky Guerrero. No offense to her. This makes more sense. So it was a lot of fun to see him like play the part of a heel and yeah, I, I would love to see Pac and Andrade. I think they will kill it. Next up on the show, I think for the first time in wrestling history, you had a New Orleans brass band player have a drum smashed over his head. That was an interesting thing in there. Uh, so you've got uh, Ricky Starks coming out to the ring for his FTW celebration. Uh, just starts running down Brian Cage. I mean, we're talking about verbal diarrhea. Just, I mean, running this guy down like you wouldn't believe until Cage comes out. Uh, Cage winds up taking out the band, smashing that drum over the poor uh, brass band player's head. And that was pretty cool. Uh, Starks patters out. It's clear that this one is not over yet. Um, um, is this an angle, though, that excites you? I mean, it was kind of fun to see the band get beaten down here, but Issa, I'm, I just can't get on board with this one. Um, something seems to be missing. Yeah, same. Agreed, actually. I'm not into this feud at all. It felt a little symphony of destruction. <laughs> you know, it gave me flashbacks of that, and I think WWE just did that match recently, and it, I don't know why I was thinking about that. Um, I don't know. I feel like Brian Cage broke off from, the, um, from Team Taz, then they need to just let him go be solo and on his own and feud with other people. It feels like this has gone on for a long time, because this started, what, at Double or Nothing? You know, be- even before that? Like, this, this is enough of it. I, I think there's just something lacking with Brian Cage as a babyface, mm-hmm. and because um, I think Starks is awesome, he he just looks yeah. the part. He talks, you know, he's he just he has all the qualities, and he's going to be carrying the feud. Um, but at the same time, it does give him something. It gives him something to do. Not everything is going to be a main event feud right now, but you know, it, it it gets him on TV. It gives him something, and I think this feud should be used to elevate Starks. If they're thinking about having Cage beat Starks, I don't think that's the way I would go. I think uh, Starks should be winning this feud and, and move on from there. I'll tell you what, you guys were talking about it being a big surprise that Hangman Page didn't win the opening match. I think the surprise of the night was what came next, and that was Hiroshi Tanahashi popping up on AEW television cutting a promo in Japanese, announcing that he will challenge the winner of tonight's IWGP United States Championship match. I mean, I did not see this one coming whatsoever, but here is where my mind went initially. This is this is kind of where I got all kinds of excited. I'm like, okay, he's going to challenge for that title. He's going to win that title. And then Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson is going to wind up challenging Tanahashi 
for this title. And that's kind of where my mind went. And I'm hoping and I'm praying that this is where that goes. I don't know if that's going to wind up being the case, but Issa, can you get behind that? <laughs> yeah, 1000%. Who couldn't, right? I have a feeling that if, if, the rumors are true, and maybe Daniel Bryan is debuting a little later on. Based on what Moxley, the promo that Moxley cut later on, maybe he becomes involved and this feud goes on a little bit longer before he actually wins the belt, and maybe what you just fantasy booked happens. Raj, what about you, man? Do, do you want to see Tanahashi and Daniel Bryan, and do you even think that that's a possibility? I mean, that was one of the big things that he wanted. He wanted to work New Japan and be with a company that where he could work with New Japan. So, I mean, what you just said, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions right now with Japan uh, because they are hitting a surge right now with COVID cases. You know, we see the Olympics. They have no fans. Uh, I think they're still allowed to have some fans at, at wrestling, but it, it's very limited. So. Uh, Japan's a big question mark right now. And, and you know what? The U.S. is uh, turning it back into a question mark as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, a good it's check of the world is uh, that Delta variant is just uh, wreaking havoc. And, and we'll see what happens here. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening with SummerSlam here in just a little bit as the uh, coronavirus pertains to that. Um, next up on the show, FTR with Tully Blanchard taking on Santana and Ortiz for the first time. This was just a good old-fashioned wrestling match. I love FTR. I love it when they're in the ring because they just they hearken back to, to the days – of WCW, just classic pro wrestling style. I love these guys. And then it blended well with the style of uh, Santana and Ortiz here. FTR gets the win, uh, get the brain buster there on uh, Santana. And uh, you see at the end of the match, you see Cash Wheeler being attended to by trainers. His arms seem to be bleeding pretty good. Um, I haven't seen an update yet on uh, on Cash's um, injury there. Raj, have you heard anything perchance? Yeah, so someone that was there um, just said that he, when he was thrown off the top, he got it stuck on a, a metal piece in the ring post. And, I mean, it looked bad. I don't know if you saw the pictures, but it, it looked like the bone, like you could see the bone from the cut. Um, so it, it looked gruesome. So, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully he's okay, but that, that looked really bad. I and thought... it did look like the finish of the match was kind of... Um, it was kind of rushed, like they, they kind of rushed to the finish or, mm-hmm. or it was improvised because it, it didn't seem, it, it just seemed off at the end. I thought for a second, like, I was like, is, is that bone? That, that couldn't be bone. But I, I mean, I clearly now I'm not the only one who saw that. Uh, Issa, did you see it? What, what are you thinking here? Yeah, it looked gruesome. Honestly, when it first happened, my first thought was that might not be the worst cut that we see tonight. And that's actually a scary thought. <laughs> um, but I hope he's okay. And I hope he gets well, um, you know, he gets well soon. Maybe they'll just stitch him up and it's nothing. Um, the match was a lot of fun. But listen, totally biased here. I really need Santana and Ortiz to get a big win. And I thought this was going to be it. And I hate that every time they're in a tag match by themselves, they lose. It drives me crazy because I am a big fan of them. Yeah, they're great. I was also kind of surprised that the crowd was kind of quiet in this match. Um, I, I th- maybe it was just because they were so hot at the beginning of the show that uh, they just, you know, uh, came down a little bit for this. But 
uh, I'm with you. I thought Santana or Ortiz could could have used the win. And well, you look at the way though that the the show was stacked. I mean, you go from that opening match, and then you have kind of a, a lull here, right? So you got that backstage segment with uh, Alex Marvez and Pac, and then you've got the the Ricky Starks uh, FTW Championship celebration. Then you've got the Tanahashi promo. So that's that's a pretty big gap between action in the ring there. So I'm not really surprised that the crowd was sitting on their hands a little bit at that point. Maybe they were still playing on twitter i i don't know um next up on the show Britt baker dmd with tony shivani backstage uh baker here is teasing that somebody else is coming in another surprise perhaps coming to aew says that uh, reba can't protect her by herself she says that that's understandable just given the sheer number of people who are coming after her so she says uh and and here was the one hit that she she gave to the uh, women's roster she said be prepared to suffocate Raj, any idea what that means? No, I don't. <laughs> They're bringing in so many people right now that uh, it's hard to keep track. But I, I mean, you know, Awesome Kong? I don't know. I mean, if they are not filming Glow anymore. Um, I mean, gosh, who could it be? Uh, Chelsea Green? Uh, she's with ROH and Impact, so they could have a working relationship. Uh, the, the Iconics, which that doesn't really seem to fit. And I think they still got a little time on their... Maybe on their Ruby Riot. I, I don't know. I, I know she goes by a new name now, but that would be a great option. I feel like she's very AEW made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I mm-hmm. like that. I like her for AEW. The personality certainly fits there a lot. I don't I don't know. I'd love to see you guys in the chat, you know, throw out some guesses as to who this could be. I think that the, we, we could have a lot of fun playing a guessing game there. Um, I, I, I'm drawing a blank. I mean, I don't think that though it will be the iconics. I believe that they said on their podcast that they're having visa issues. Um, and that's kind of uh, hampering them from being able to take a paying job. Uh, matter of fact, they said that they're not making any money off of their podcast at all because of this very issue. And uh, as we learned during the pandemic, getting a visa, getting the green light to work in the U.S. can be very difficult when you're not a citizen. So um, yeah. I, I, I'm not thinking that it's them. And I'm not sure how Suffocate would play into that either. Right. So. Yeah. 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 You think it's somebody with submissions. And I, I like the Ruby Riot. I, that, that's actually that could be a good one. Yeah. Uh, real quick, a couple of these uh, comments on on uh, the uh, chat. Uh, Headlock Heel noting, this is kind of what I was worried about with Cash, saying worried about nerve damage. Hopefully it's just a stitch up and back to work type situation. That, that, that's kind of the same thing. Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bernie DC uh, guessing maybe Lady Tapa, uh, Barbarian's daughter. She had done some stuff in G- uh, Global Force Wrestling. I think she was in Impact there for a minute, but... Um, That'd be interesting. I haven't heard her name in a while. No, that's a deep pull right there. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Gard- uh, Cardina Thank saying you. Ruby Soho is Ruby Riot's new ring name. Headlock Hill also bringing up that Ruby Riot would fit perfect in AEW. Uh, Jane Taylor, Tessa Blanchard. Uh, that could be an interesting one. That's a name. She's but- been training. She yeah. has been. It, um, what What's the feeling about her? I know that she was kind of blackballed there for a little while after those allegations. And AEW seems to have shied away from uh, bringing in people with that type of heat, that type of controversy surrounding them. Uh, do you think, though, uh, you know, it might be time to get her in, especially with Tully now uh, on the scene? Raj? I mean, she's got her past controversies, which I think is uh, 
is, is the main thing that's hurting her because she's fantastic. I mean, if you saw her work in Impact, she was great. Um, so it's if they feel like she can get along in the locker room, I, I think she's a no brainer if they feel like no one has an issue with her. Issa, are you on board with Tessa Blanchard? Could that be a good fit? Yeah, I think that could be a good fit. She's she's so good in the ring. It feels like a you know like a wasted talent right now. The fact that she's not anywhere, but you also don't know what the reaction will be. We just have to wait and see. All right, a couple of quick super chats before we move on because I I suspect that uh, with this next one we're going to be talking about it for quite some time. Uh, Michael four ninety nine super chat AEW can pull a twist and have. BD, I assume Brian Danielson debut in Chicago and Punk in New York to confuse fans thinking that they were right all along. Uh, MDK and Jericho deliver. Boy, did they ever. Man, we're going to have fun talking a little bit more about that main event in a second. But what do you think? I mean, is is this a, a double cross, so to speak? Issa, can you see uh, Daniel Bryan coming in before Punk with the show being in Chicago? I mean, if he does, it's not going to be like, you're not going to debut Punk in New York. You have to debut him in Chicago. It's almost like fairy tale, wrestling fairy tale made for you. Like, there's no other way to debut CM Punk. If you sign him, you make a show in Chicago if you didn't have a book. So, yeah, I can see I can see that happening. But if Daniel Bryan comes before him, then it will be on a Wednesday night somewhere else. Yeah, before Chicago. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I almost think, like, the, the only way you would disappoint fans with Daniel Bryan if it's in Chicago and they're expecting CM Punk. <laughs> Yeah. And have you seen the prices to get into All Out right now? Nosebleeds are going for like $498. It's the cheapest ticket on StubHub. $498? Jeez Louise. All right. Uh, Stephen Marchuli? I'm sorry, I (laughs) put you that. Marchuli. Tessa, more likely WWE or AEW? That is a fantastic question. I would say of the two uh, right now, AEW. Um, But. You know, who knows? Uh, WWE seems to be more in a trimming down mode as opposed to a signing mode. Uh, Issa, would you say WWE or AEW is the more likely destination? I would like to see her go to AEW. I think we could get a lot more dream matches in WWE. Just because of the roster in WWE, you want to see Tessa go against 90% of the women in the WWE roster right now. But I think she's more of a fit for AEW. Yeah, I agree. Tessa versus Charlotte, Sasha Banks, you know, those Bailey. are Bailey. Bailey when she comes back, Io Shirai. I mean, there's I could I could sit here and name names that Asuka. I would like to see her go against in WWE. Yes. So, but I do think she will be a better fit for AEW. But if she goes to WWE, take my money. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of a can't lose as far as talent is yeah. concerned, in all honesty. Uh who else has a super chat there? Uh, uh Stellar Justin Lopez, AEW is about to steal WWE's thunder on SummerSlam weekend when Punk debuts on Rampage. I'll just be landing in Vegas before it airs. You best believe I'm going to find a TV to tune in. Hot damn, I didn't even think about that. That would be a hell of a way, a hell of a way to get the old jump on WWE. How fantastic would that be, Issa? It's the night before. That's what I tweeted. I said August 20th. It's petty and I love it. Yeah, that that can't be coincidence, right? Yep. (laughs) Because they apparently got the United Center in the last week or, you know, last couple weeks. Like, it was fairly recent. So, once they got Punk, I think, you know, picking that date, smart, (laughs) you know. Um, It's poking the bear. You know, I know if WWE did it, they'd probably get a lot of flack. You know, I think a lot of people think that the MSG show was to combat the the new york show that aew is doing but you know i think this kind of competition it's 
Makes it fun. It makes I was it... just going to say, it's going to put a chip on, on WWE shoulders if that happens Friday night and these people on Saturday are going to show up and deliver. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Do you think, though, at some point there's going to be some sort of mass retaliation on WWE's part and they're just going to wind up getting their S together and actually starting to book some decent television programs uh, to catch hoping. up with AEW? <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, I, I hate to go back to the Monday Night Wars era that was 20 some odd years ago at this point, but WCW kept poking the bear and poking the bear and poking the bear. And eventually the bear just ripped their head off. Um, I don't see that necessarily happening here, but it's wrestling. So never say never, man. I mean, do you, do you like what Tony Khan is doing here? I mean, just intentionally, like, just like socking it to WWE every chance he gets, man. Like I said, I, you know, I'm not one of those that when someone from WWE says, you know, something knocking AEW, I'm not one that's going to be like, oh, that's petty or anything. I think that's part of competition. Mm -hmm. I'm all for it, you know, and and vice versa. They take shots at each other. That's competition. You're, you know, this is, I mean, could you imagine if Twitter was around in the late 90s when WWF <laughs> and WCW were going at it? It would have been insane um, with the shots that they were taking at each other. So I, I don't mind it. I think it's, I think it's, again, fun. All right. Uh, let's see here. We have uh, one more super chat. Oh, okay. All right. So before I do this, uh, I, I will tease ahead of time that, uh, Krana, if you want to do a $10 or more super chat, I will do the entire news segment in the Macho Man voice. Oh, man. How about that? I can't speak for Raj and Trump, but for $10, I will whore myself out and do the entire news segment as Macho Man Randy Savage. All right. That's, that's that, a lot. To that end, Krona's super, super chat tweet was, read this super chat in the savage voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't good. That was not good. It was the best ever, Trump. I don't know what you're talking about, brother. Where's Elizabeth? I came to see Elizabeth. Anyway. Uh, what did uh, I get myself into? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a whole hell of a lot of fun. Uh, uh, so anyway, if you would like to see that continue for about 20 minutes, $10 <laughs> is all it takes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all, right. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Let's talk about uh, perhaps the most groundbreaking segment on the entire program. You got uh, Tony. It's, it's a double double dip here really you got uh tony khan's announcement that was actually made by tony shivani and that was that the first dance will be held friday august 20th in chicago that is followed immediately by darby allen and sting backstage with alex marvez darby allen saying quote i'll be in chicago i've been around a lot of men in this world who have laid claim to being the greatest there's only one place to prove that that's right here in aew even if you think you're the best in the world. And that set the internet on fire. And I'm pretty sure I heard the live crowd go, ooh, <laughs> at the same time. Uh, that is a huge, huge, huge tip of the cap and a hint that uh, indeed CM Punk is on his way in. Uh, Issa, when Darby Allen said this, what was your reaction? I... I loved it. <laughs> I love all the photo references. I love that they did it right after the announcement. I love the crowd reaction. I feel like we all gasped out loud, like, oh my God, they're really doing this. Whether 
they debut him at Rampage, at All Out, whether they wait. The fact that they know what the internet is talking about and they're capitalizing on it is genius marketing, right? For any of their up and coming shows. I'm excited. <laughs> Raj, were, would you do a double take or were you like, hot damn, this is this is real now, man. It's getting real. I mean, as soon as they said United Center, I mean, the place was going nuts. And, you know, there were loud CM Punk chants. I mean, it was, it's cool, man. It feels hot. It feels, uh, feels big. It's been a while since something has felt big. And, you know, I think this fall is going to be super interesting. Um, you know, what kind of effect on business does it have? Does Raw, um, do they drop again with football? And if so, how much? And all of a sudden are AEW uh, Dynamite and Raw numbers, at least in the demo, are they all of a sudden getting close? Um, and then if it is, what does WWE do? So I mean, it's an exciting time. What can I say? It's going to be ultra close. Uh, King Rail here, $5 Super Chat. Kind of feels like AEW is pulling a WWE, signing names just so the competition can't. Uh, I appreciate the super chat there, man, but I got to disagree. I think that they're a little bit more strategic in who they bring in. I think that everyone that they bring in has a place and they're not just stockpiling talent here. Um, I think that they, number one, are making sure that the person that's being brought in is a good fit for the company and they can do long-term storytelling with them. So everybody that they've really signed so far has you know, made sense to me. Um, Raj, do you get the impression though that they're stockpiling here just to piss off Vince? And I, I don't. I don't think it's because of Vince. I do think both companies, you know, have signed a ton of talent. I think you know you look at uh, the guys that hurt in a lot of ways the most by AEW have been like the ROHs and and you know those companies just because all those talents are getting signed up and, and taken quickly and and you don't have. Uh, a, a sea of indie stars that are, you know, learning their craft and, and learning on the indies before they move up. So uh, yeah, I think it's just the sign of the times. You got, uh, uh, you know, AEW now. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. They're going to have four shows um, coming up here starting in August between Dark, Elevation, Dynamite, and and Rampage. So uh, you, you need more talent. Issa, what what do you think? I mean, is is Tony Khan just signing them to keep them away from WWE, or is this a little bit more strategic? No, I think it's a little bit more strategic. Um, there are some people, though, that I will say they, they're not in a different situation, right? But we have to remember, WWE was the only game in town for so many years that, of course, you're going to sign a lot of former WWE guys because that was the only place to go, you know? Um, I think I, I feel like everybody has a place. And like Raj said, there's a lot of programming. You have Rampage coming up. You need you need a stack roster. You don't want to see the same people on TV every week. And that's what we're enjoying about AEW right now is that they have stacked shows. We're going to see people next week that we didn't see tonight. It's, it's awesome. Now, as to the reported signings of uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, just hours before Dynamite went on the air this evening, he gave an interview to the New York Post, which dropped. And he said, quote, I can't comment on those two guys, but added, but I think there are certainly a lot of exciting rumors right now. If this is my take on that, if in fact, these rumors were unfounded, they are false. They are inaccurate. He would have absolutely come out with a denial. And Raj, this is also something that you and I spoke about on Monday night after raw that by not denying it, it's more or less a confirmation here. Wouldn't you say? I, I'll I'll reach out to Tony uh, 
you know, every so often we'll reach out with a story and there, you know, when there are times when he'll deny it and we reached, we reached out on these and we haven't heard anything. And he was on busted open earlier today and he was denying a story that came out over the weekend that him and the executive vice presidents flew to Chicago. And, um, so he denied that, but he didn't deny CM Punk or, or Daniel Bryan. So, you know, I, th- I think most people know the writings on the wall. Punk and Bryan are coming in. It's I think it's been clear since the report first came out. For me, uh, I'd mentioned I'd heard I'd, I hadn't heard about Bryan, but I'd heard about Punk a couple weeks earlier. So, um, yeah, it's happening. So it's it's more what what do you do with them? Do you bring them bring them in spread apart? Uh, do you do something if you have an idea, something not, I mean, not copying the NWO, but if you have some idea that is like the NWO where it makes sense for them to come in together, you know, that's, that would be great too, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do creatively. Issa, given the comments on the program tonight, given what Tony Khan told the post and everything else that's been reported, Give me a percentage of how confident you are that we're going to see these two guys in an AEW ring within the next, I'd say, 45 days or so. 85 to 90%. Oh, that's I lower think, than I was expecting. Well, because I'm only saying that because I read so many news today about shows being reconsidered because of everything going on with COVID. I'm not confident. I'm confident the fact that they signed is when you debut them because we don't know if any of the shows will end up getting canceled because of the current situation or, you know, if the capacity will go down. So that's what I'm not so confident on. If you have to cancel or move or, or move around, you want a full crowd for these guys to show up. So I would rather wait for that. Uh, we got ourselves a super chat here from... Uh, you did it. You did it, Chuck. Oh, my God. $10 say keep <laughs> it up in the voice. All right. I've got three news stories that are coming up after we finish with Dynamite. And for that $10, I will be doing them as the macho man. Ask, pay, and ye shall receive. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, and let me also apologize for those of you who did not pay $10 just ahead of time. Uh, here we go. Another super chat. F50. AEW feels like the attitude era tone I missed by growing up watching in the late 2000s. P.S. The Raj Trump impression lives in the Wrestling Inc. Hall of Fame. Hot damn. Uh, does that have a physical location, Raj? <laughs> Not yet. We're, we're, we're working on it in Orlando. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> The Trump one I can only do if I've had a, a few glasses of wine, and I haven't tonight. So it's just... Right. Is yeah. it, it? Do you have like a, a no whiskey Wednesday or a no wine Wednesday? Yeah, usually just weekdays in general. But okay. uh, I was meeting up with a buddy on Monday. So every now and then there's an exception. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, all right. So next up on Dynamite, uh, Hikulo with King Haku versus Lance Archer, the uh, IWGP US title match. Uh, Haku, pretty cool to see him uh, on AEW uh, screen there uh, wearing the Bullet Club shirt. That was pretty cool. Um, this is when Excalibur uh, made the remark that uh, the winner of that match would be traveling to New Japan uh, to face Tanahashi for the title. I was, this is actually more than the match. What surprised me, the, the outcome of the match with Archer going over didn't surprise me, but I was surprised to hear that they would be traveling to new Japan to do it. Now, if I really wanted to analyze that comment, I would say they were traveling to new Japan, but not necessarily Japan itself. Could this title match be at the show? That's going to be, I believe in California here pretty soon. LA. I thought they said Japan, didn't they? I, they I thought said they said New it's going to be in I, Japan. 
I thought it was in New Japan. So, you know, to me, I was like, well, is that left coast of the U.S. or actually in Japan? I don't know. I mean, maybe I misheard. Isa, w- w- what did you hear? Yeah, I thought they meant Japan, um, which because I remember just, I, I don't remember the exact words. I just remember thinking, really, they're going to send somebody to Japan right now. <laughs> that really was my impression when they said that. So I assumed they meant, you know, travel to Japan. Um, but like you said, I I mean, I'm ex- I love seeing the Bullet Club shirt and entrance. Like, there's just so much of the element of surprise, this Forbidden Door thing that is keeping AEW so interesting. Seeing this guy in AEW tonight was awesome. And I wasn't familiar with him. You're getting so many people to get familiar with so many guys. But I wasn't surprised. You cannot have Lance Archer beat Moxley to lose the next week. So it felt very predictable. But overall, still enjoyable. Uh, next up, we had uh, Alex Marvez uh, in the uh, go position, as they call it. They won't call it gorilla there. Uh, Marvez asking uh, Cody about his match next week against Malachi Black. But before Cody can even finish a sentence, Black attacks. They go out to the stage, and Black essentially leaves Cody laying. Uh, Ma- he's still as over as ever, man. Uh, I'm still loving what's happening, and I cannot wait. Uh, for this match. I think that, you know, him having the opportunity to be this character that he should have always been in WWE, I, this is just a breath of fresh air. I'm still loving this 100%. I think that those two are just going to go like gangbusters next week. Uh, Issa, are you revved up for this match? They booed Cody. Wow. Here. Yeah. And, what the and, hell and- was that? I I kind of smiled. <laughs> I think everybody just wants Cody to really let Malachi Black go over, but we're all afraid that he's not gonna. Yeah. So it's just a weird until we see the match and they let Malachi Black win. I feel like we're all about to strangle Cody Rose, right? But Cody Rose did the right thing with um with Brody Lee when he came in. So I'm hoping that happens here as well. I I laughed. This entire segment I thought was so much fun. The way that he didn't even let him finish his sentence and you, you just saw a foot right to his face. It was great. And have you noticed how his makeup, his eye keeps getting worse and worse every week? I'm just loving the attention that he's paying to detail. Yeah. Um, and, and it's funny because Cody was booed even before Black came on the screen. Like as yes. soon as they cut to him, it was like, you would have thought it was a top heel so um because yeah, they should turn be... him heel already <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh so yeah that w- i thought that was definitely very interesting and uh you know uh cody's going to be going to film his show the next season of his show um what's it called the big the go big show or uh, whatever that's called so uh, i would i don't want them to do the same exact angle they did last year with Brody lee yeah uh, where he just get, gets slaughtered and is written off the TV, but it does seem to be the most obvious thing to do. So I, I, I got to think Malachi Black wins here. Is yeah. that why you think we're getting it on TV next week and not waiting until the pay-per-view? That is, you... yeah. That's okay. why Precisely. it is. Precisely. Matter of fact, somebody in the chat right now uh, is saying that they're they're smelling a double turn here. I could not agree with that more. Uh, I Michael think the that virus. that makes all the sense. There you go. Michael yeah. the virus. Uh, all right. So uh, next up was uh, the funniest damn thing on the show uh, all night. The Miro promo. I could listen to this guy talk for a full two hours and be entertained. Uh, God's favorite champion cutting a promo on Lee Johnson. That's just absolutely fantastic. They're going to face off for the TNT title next week at homecoming in Jacksonville. But uh, honestly, I stopped listening to that promo when he referenced his double jointed wife. I could not stop laughing. And he just subtly slid that in there. Holy crap, man. Can this guy talk? I freaking lost it 
Raj, tell me you love this promo as much as I did, man. Uh, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Uh, I want to find that exact line. It was really funny. But if you haven't, uh, if you haven't seen, it says two things in life motivate me: a vengeful god and a double jointed wife. <laughs> So pretty good stuff. Yeah, I mean Miro, he he just looks motivated. He's having fun, um, and this is the Miro I think we've been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, even when he first came to AEW and he was just the video game loving, blonde haired guy, it just didn't feel like we were getting the right Miro. And now it feels like we're getting him, and I think it's it's been great. Issa. Miro. Yeah, I love okay. love the segments. Love the references to the wife. Ever since Lana got released from WWE, I think he's brought her up in every single um, promo. Um, while I did enjoy the TNT title being defended like every week, I love the anticipation that they build for the Miro matches. We don't see him every week, which makes it a bigger deal when you do get him. And as somebody that is double jointed, I pop for that because you know people always make fun of our arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> It was great to see it in a cooler perspective. <laughs> this has been the did you know portion of today's podcast. Uh, <laughs> I tune into my YouTube channel, then you know, because I shared fun facts the other day. <laughs> uh, next up, Hardy Family Office versus Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Christian Cage. Marco Stunt also at ringside. Uh, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage get the win. Uh, but after the match, the blade lays out Cage with brass knuckles. That really is the big takeaway from this one. Um, don't really have a whole heck of a lot to say here other than brass knuckles are always fun for me. Issa, any comments? Yeah, um, same. I am really, I love Jungle Boy. I do, but I, I have no interest in HOF. I don't know what it is. It's just not clicking or connecting. I don't feel invested every time they're out there. And also, I don't know, I guess maybe Christian Cage, I, I expect it more. Um, you know, and I haven't really been really into this whole field at all. But yeah, Brass Knuckles, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because Christian was feuding with Team Taz there for a bit. It just kind of dissipated, right? Like, uh, was there even a big blow off? I I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. This yeah, this segment, it was fine. It it was there. It didn't do anything for me. Um, With Christian, I'm kind of with you. He's just kind of been there lately. Um, And when he's on, it's like, eh, um, I got to think that. They're still going to do something with him and Omega. Maybe the first Rampage. I don't know. Um, just because they had teased it, I almost think that's a TV match. And maybe that's a good right. place to do it. Um, do you think he turns on Jungle Boy maybe? And they have like a one-on-one feud? That would be good. Because Christian yeah. needs a spark. And just as yeah. this baby face, he's not. It's just not there. I agree. Yeah, I assume I that at some point he will turn on Jungle Boy. The babiest of faces there is. And it will, be a, it will do for a fun, you know, feud. The babiest of faces. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart. This is Thunder Rosa's first match officially as a member of the AEW roster. Uh, No surprise that she goes over here. And matter of fact, we had somebody in the super chat earlier who I don't think that we have the opportunity to get to who said that uh, Thunder Rosa signing at AEW was maybe the best signing that the promotion has ever had. Uh, Raj, I agree with that assessment i think it's high time that she became an official member of the roster and i do hope that there are big things on the horizon for her was tonight a good start for her a 
officially in AEW, do you think, Raj? Oh, yeah. And I think Thunder Rosa, I, I think she's great. I've been waiting, you know, I think a lot of people have been waiting for her to, to come in. She's been killing it. You know, people talk a lot about that match with her and Britt Baker, but she was in the match too. You know, they keep talking about Britt, but Thunder Rosa was amazing in that match. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's good to see her in the fold. Issa, you on board with the Thunder Rosa train? Yes, she's a star, and she's so amazing and so deserved. This this signing is so deserved. You know, you ever see the news and you just feel so happy for someone? I feel like the whole internet collectively felt so happy for her. Excited to see what she does next. Suddenly during the match, Jim Ross throws in that next Tuesday will mark the 100th episode of AEW Dark. Hard to think that there have been 100 of those already, but hey, man, hot damn. Yeah. Congrats. Uh, John Moxley promo up next. He says uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling isn't taking his calls. They're not, you know, returning his phone calls. They're not answering his letters. But nonetheless, he sent Charlie down to FedEx to send a crap ton of uh, contracts over there for them to look at. Uh, but anyway, uh, here's the thing. He says that Tanahashi, no surprise that he finally pops up on AEW now that he's not really, now that uh, New Japan has distanced themselves from Moxley. Any surprise there? No. But what I take away from this is that that Lance Archer, Tanahashi, United States title match is not going to be just between the two of them. I'm smelling a three-way dance for the title. Issa, I see you nodding your head there. Do you think that that's where this is going? Yes, yes, either that or he, you know, gets involved and it has no ending and then they expand it one more week. Um, I love this promo. I love this random backstage promos from Moxley. He's just the best at that. And I love how he just made him sound so scared. You know, when I had the title, nobody wanted to come around. And as soon as I drop, I look at all these people showing up. I mean, points, points were made, even though he was half drunk. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> they they haven't they don't really do that many triple threat matches between three singles guys in in New Japan, do they? I mean, I, I remember they did one with, um, gosh, it's been a while. Kota Ibushi, um, gosh, it's been a while, but they they don't really do that many. Mm. Yeah, you know, come to think of it, I don't follow New Japan as closely as I once did, or I currently should. But I, yeah, man, I'm not. That's not ringing any bells for me either, man. Uh, let's take a quick super chat here from uh, Jimmy. This is a great point. Do you think Tony Khan is letting opportunities slip by? With Andrade scheduled to face Kenny Omega at AAA, they should have had a face-to-face -face by now. Hard for me to argue with that logic. Uh, Raj, what do you think, man? Is this a missed opportunity? No, I mean, they should be promoting their own stuff. Uh, you know, they have their own stuff with Kenny Omega and Paige. And I think you're just diluting that by presenting, you know, promoting a match for another promotion. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think so. No, I think, but, uh, I think Kenny Omega, I, you know, with him working all these other dates, you, you don't want him to get injured on someone else's show and things like that. Cause he, there is so many, uh, potential dream matches this year with him involved. And I don't know being an impact if it's still worth it. I don't know. But but to that end, Isa, I mean, this is a match that is going to be really heavily talked about. It's not like some random one-off indie date. And it's not even like what he's doing currently in Impact. I mean, this is a match that may have global ramifications. You've got Andrade. You've got Kenny Omega. You've got AAA. I mean, I think that at least they need to reference this thing. 
Yeah, possibly, but at the same time, it's like I don't I don't know that Tony Khan wants to be out there marketing, you know, other companies because they just have so much going on. And if an, a program between Kenny and Andrade is not planned anytime soon in AEW, why tease this face off in AEW when then you get those fans to kind of like expect it and want it when they're not going to get it? Right. And and then the number of people are that are going to be watching this in the U.S. is not that high, you know. Um, so again, it, it's what you're using your resources and pretty much your top star, um, you know, for. And I think you got a big pay per view coming up. You got this story you've been telling for a long time with Hangman. You don't want to muddy those waters right now, in my uh, opinion. All right. Uh, yeah, this is a good point. Night one, they did uh, Cody, Omega, and Kota Bushi. Uh, okay, right. there you go. Yeah, there when you go. Omega Somebody was confirming. IWDP champion. Look at yeah. you guys in the chat with the knowledge. Yeah. you guys so you know you don't have to look anything up just ask the chat I'll dude i'm you telling know. you man y'all are like 10 times more on point than that stupid wikipedia all oh, right yeah. made alexa event. alexa never has any of these answers alexa is a lazy <laughs> bitch uh chris jericho versus nick cage is your main event uh the return of the pain maker for this one and mjf is on commentary and yeah as you would expect uh it was not long before there was a lot of color here uh, gage bleeds first and then just a few minutes later after threatening to smash a light tube over jericho uh gage instead took the pizza cutter to jericho's head and made jericho's face as red as a cherry skittle but Here's the cool spot of the match. Jericho, Jericho hitting the Hurricanrana, sending Gage through a pane of glass. That looked like it hurt. All kinds of blood happening here, man. I mean, it's just squirting out from every which way. Uh, Jericho did wind up taking a light tube to the back and then over the head and then pile driven on glass. Good God. Uh, then stabbed in the head. I mean, just, let's just run down this. Holy crap. Stabbed in the head with a broken light tube. Jericho then spits Muda Mist in Gage's face, smashes four, count them, four light tubes uh, over Gage, hits the Judas effect, and covers for the one, two, three. Uh, yeah, we talked about this at the top of the show, and even now, here we are about an hour after we had that initial conversation, and I'm still thinking like, wow, that was a really violent match for network television. Not that I wasn't entertained, but I am really hoping that they clear this with the Turner folks before they went ahead and pulled the trigger here. I mean, they had to, <laughs> right? I would assume that they had to. I actually thought it was quite tame for a Nick Gage match after, you know, the things that I've seen in Google since becoming familiar with him. I thought this was one of his most tame fights. And then the big news afterward, MJF cutting the promo says the stipulation for labor number three is to hit a maneuver off of the top rope, telling this to Jericho, and then does a flashback to a promo that uh, Jericho and MJF did in 2019 about the one, the only Juventud Guerrera, and lo and behold, Juvi will be Jericho's opponent next week. I'm excited about this. I am super, super, super excited about this, and I hope that Jericho dyes his hair bleach blonde again, kind of like it was in the old WCW days, and we just have ourselves a nostalgia match, man. But I haven't even thought about the name Juventud Guerrera in at least 10 years. So when this one popped up, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. Uh, Issa, Juventud Guerrero, E-A-E-W, Jericho, what say you? 
I mean, I'm excited for it. I cannot wait to see it. I think the fans were very excited. Collectively, it's got a, great, a positive reaction. There's such a story being told here beyond that. Like, not only is he pulling out surprises. When he first came up with the labor so Jericho, I thought every week it was going to be a different AEW person that he was going to fight. I was never expecting this, right? So that's my, one of my favorite parts. And second, it's just what Jericho's going through to get to MJF. Even his face as he's sitting there bleeding, listening to... to um, MJF just named his next opponent just looking like I should just give up right now. I am loving everything about this and when they first brought it up I remember thinking I'm not sure if I'm into it and they have completely proven me wrong. Yeah, when they first brought up the, the, the labors of Jericho I thought it was just going to be different members of, yeah. uh, of Pinnacle. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I like the way they've taken it. But doesn't Hoovitude seem kind of like a walk in the park after what he just went through? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's just like holy crap, though. It's it's hoovy, like you know. No, no, I think it's awesome. I, I you know, uh, and it, another thing that's kind of funny is, ha- I'm surprised at how many people in that audience knew who Hooventude was. Like, they don't seem. It seems like a pretty young audience, you know. Like, were they around in '98, '97 uh, during Jericho and Hoovy's? You know, when probably when they not, but they probably pop for the reference. I think the continuity of of. Um, MJF pulling that promo that Jericho cut so long ago and saying, yeah. well, remember about this? I think that would cause a pop, even if you're not, you know, too familiar with what's going on, because it's clever. It makes MJF just look so strategic about yeah. this, you know? But yeah. no, I agree with you, because I thought that too. And my nephew was texting me, because he's just started watching AEW, and he is 23, I think. And he was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so I'm with you. He was like, I, I mean... I, I, I'm excited, but I, don't, I have no idea. And I'm like, well, let's get to Googling. <laughs> We're going to have to do what MJF did and Google. <laughs> Didn't The Rock bring up Hooventude? And, yeah, he did in that very yeah. first promo with Jericho when he came in uh, on his first night in when he's like, are you supposed to be impressed that you were... You just came from somewhere where you're wrestling someone named Hooventude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to your point, Raj, I wish they would have almost swapped them because I agree with you. If it doesn't feel like I, I, I even said, "What the hell comes after Nick Gage?" You know, so it almost feels like Nick Gage should have been maybe level five at this point because that was very brutal. And next week, we're just gonna get a good old wrestling match. I mean, he's gotta do something from the top row, but that's nothing compared to what we saw tonight. Yeah, and Hoovitude, and and look, I, it's that's probably gonna be more my taste than what we saw tonight because I'm not big on the the big blood and gut stuff. Um, you know, I'm more into personalities and story. And Hoovy is a hell of a personality, so. Uh, I think that'll be more my cup of tea next week. Has he? I have. I have not been keeping up with him at all. Has he been staying active? Yeah, we had an interview with him on Wrestling Inc. probably like a year and a half ago, two years ago. But um, yeah, he looked in great shape. He was at um, all all out a couple of years ago in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let, you know what? Don't quote me on that. Let me double check that. I'm pretty oh. sure he was at one of those, uh, one of the events. Hmm. Starcast, maybe. I, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, tough week I, I for think... Nick Gage, by the way. Say that again. Tough week for Nick Gage. Lost yeah. on Saturday. Lost tonight. I mean, <laughs> the most exposure he probably has ever gotten in his career at the same time, but lost two very big matches. Yeah, I'm but... sure he, for him it's probably a career highlight. I know <laughs> yeah. it has to be right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to shed a tear for him. Not, right. not I mean, to, to think for, from you know, in a lot of ways, obscurity. Hardcore fans know he is, but 
In the same week, he's all over trending on the internet with his match with Zack Ryder. And then days later, he's wrestling Chris Jericho on Dynamite. I mean, that's insane. I'm convinced he's a baby face. How well known do you think he was um, <laughs> with the AEW audience? I think that people who buy tickets to the shows, they, they're probably going to be the bigger fans. So you're probably going to have a greater likelihood that they knew who he was. But for those who are watching at home, and I do suspect that tonight's show is going to clear a million as well, because why wouldn't it? Uh, I'm just not only... sure that there was going to be a huge number that... Uh, actually knew who nick gage was so as as badass of a match as they had as unique and as colorful as it was do you think that this was like a, maybe just a, like nick who like no i don't who? think that i don't especially even if you were that way after dark side of the ring after the chris interview that he did which was amazing i recommend it if people are not familiar with him i actually enjoyed the interview more than dark side of the ring because it was all him telling his story right um but this Matt Cardona and um, GCW thing trended number one worldwide like this weekend. And I, I, I have a feeling that people have had to have known, or maybe that's why they introduced him last week. So people had time to kind of like Google him and, and find out. But I will say that even if you know who he is, what he does is not for everyone. But I do respect AEW for going out and trying to get the different audiences for like literally every style and everything there is. But yeah, that is just not for everyone. I mean, his segment last week, it was the lowest rated segment on the show, but not by much. It wasn't like a big drop, but it was it was the lowest rated. But I also did think that if you didn't know who he was, they did a good job of making it feel like he's someone really dangerous coming in. And so I think that almost raises your curiosity if you don't know who he is by just, oh, my gosh, this sounds like this guy is a big deal. And it sounds like this guy is it's just nuts. So. Yeah, uh, and somebody in the chat mentioned the David Arquette thing. That there was a documentary with David Arquette. He was all over TMC when mm -hmm. that accident happened. So, I mean, I, I do think there's a little bit of exposure because, like, I think there's more people that know who he is than what we think. All right, so there you go. That is this week's Dynamite Fight for the Fallen. Uh, Stellar Justin <laughs> Lopez, do you smell what the juice is cooking? We're all going <laughs> to smell that next week, man. Uh, all right, so news time. <clears throat> let me let me take a sip here. Oh, Roger, real quick, you sure real you don't quick, want to do uh, Bernie oh. DC saying, any chance Paul White is forced by MJF to be Labor 4 or Labor 5 since he's a former tag partner at Jericho? Mm. Interesting point. Is yeah, that how you would make the Paul White in-ring debut here? Maybe. I, I mean, you, I mean... You don't really want him beating your guys at, at you know at his age, so maybe a, a spot like this would probably not be the worst thing. Maybe. It's I, a I surprise. Don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I'm on the yeah. fence with that. I'm on the D fence. And DTA podcast saying, I agree with Issa 100%, and I hope Nick Gage stays around in AEW. Is there a shelf life, though, for him in AEW? Especially yes. if that's his style. I just, I don't know. I just think if he's only doing death matches, that gets old pretty quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not with Moxley on your roster. They have a good history together. I mean, at, le at least run that feud and then let him go. <laughs> yeah, but where where do you go from there? I mean, you can't exactly do Nick Gage versus Marco Stunt or Luchasaurus or even Jungle Boy for that matter. So uh, I think that the options there for him are, in fact, limited. All right, news time. News time. <clears throat> by request and by demand, because you paid for it, uh, I will be doing this evening's news as Macho Man Randy Savage. And uh, Raj, final chance 
to jump in as Trump for the remainder of the show. No? Man, we got to I'll keep that Monday special, uh, the Monday podcast special. So if you want to watch our little debate, <laughs> you can watch it go back to Monday's episode. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Tonight's news is brought to you by Slim Jim. Hi, I'm the macho man, Randy Savage. Your top story, WWE reportedly holding Queen of the Ring finals in Saudi Arabia. Can you dig it? It was exclusively reported by Wrestling Inc. last week. The WWE had plans for the all-women's Queen of the Ring tournament to be held this year. And in an update today, brother... Word is that the finals will take place in Saudi Arabia. That is according to Andrew Zarian of the Matt Man podcast. Doing big things, dig it? That show's scheduled for October 21st. Now, obviously, doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that that's a big deal in Saudi Arabia because WWE got their hand slapped just a couple of years ago when they had a promo over there and it had two of their competitors just dressed in their regular ring gear, right? Not even a big deal in the U.S., but all be damned if the Saudi government didn't have to issue an apology for what they called, quote, indecent material. And now you're talking about having the queen of the ring finals in Saudi Arabia. Raj, can you dig it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when I first, when we first broke the story at Wrestling Inc., because uh, I had heard it was on Peacock, but I didn't hear, hear where, if it was going to be an additional event. Uh, so apparently it looks like they're going to do the qualifying matches on Raw and SmackDown. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of big. I mean, you know, they've had one women's match in Saudi Arabia, right? That was Natalia versus Lacey Evans. Yeah. Um, and now I don't know if it's just the finals or maybe the semifinals and the finals, but, um, I don't know, man. I know a lot of people are not, uh, happy with it. I know you, uh, who else is not happy is a lot of people in the chat. <clears throat> I'm not doing the news. So I'm talking in my regular voice mixed bag. Some people love it. Some people hate it, but, uh, it got paid <laughs> for it, So I'm going to keep on doing it. So sucks yeah, to be you gotta go up and down. You got to go up and down a little bit. I'm going to try it brother, and then you bring it up. But, but, but I've been doing damn shows here for about 12 hours, man. I, I'm just fried. Mm. It got me fresh on Monday, though. Uh, Nevada issuing a mask mandate ahead of the WWE SummerSlam event in Las Vegas. A rapidly rising count of coronavirus cases prompting officials there to re-implement a statewide mask mandate. The proclamation likely affecting those traveling to the big show August 21st at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. The mandate goes into effect on Friday. That is three weeks ahead of the show. Dig it! Fans also were required this year to wear a mask at WrestleMania, so not unprecedented, brothers. So, Raj, is this going to impact SummerSlam? Are they even going to trim down attendance? Dig it! Well, Nevada is being hit hard right now. Um... uh, uh, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I just cannot see. I have a hard time seeing this go going back into lockdown. Like I could see the mask mandates popping up. I could see a lot of problems with that because some people are very passionate about being anti-mask and not wearing masks. Um, but I mean, I think that's all it's going to be for SummerSlam is that you're going to have to, you're going to probably be required to wear a mask indoors. Now, is that going to lead to people wanting a refund? 
not wanting to go. Isn't it an outdoor arena if they open the dome? It's, it's not a retractable dome. Oh, it's not? Okay, I was going to say maybe they can just like do something like that right. and get away with it. But like people are not wearing masks in Vegas. I'm sorry. I've been watching like live streams for Vegas and everything looks normal over there. Um, and nobody yeah. wore a mask at WrestleMania. Let's be real. <laughs> everybody <laughs> in that hard camera side, like everybody there was not wearing a mask. Right. At WrestleMania, they had them pretty spread out, uh, yeah. you know, except for in the front. I, so, I mean, it's definitely going to affect them. Uh, just how much, uh, what that means. I mean, I, I can't see an arena full of masked people, um, you know? Raj, can we pull up a couple of comments I think that are really pertinent here? We've got one from King Rail at 1122. Uh, says, I live in Vegas and nobody is wearing a mask out there. We barely yeah. did during COVID-19. So that goes exactly to what Issa was just saying. And then down just from that, Sergio said, uh, canceled my trip to Vegas, which was going to be one week prior to SummerSlam because of the outbreak they are having out there. I can't imagine that Sergio is the only one who is reconsidering taking a trip out there right now. Those numbers are skyrocketing. And the, and the amount of the, the prices for hotels and flights for that specific weekend, because of everything that they have booked for that weekend, it's not SummerSlam and, and the Pacquiao match. We had like a Jonas Brothers concert. Like it's going to be some crazy fandoms meshing together in Vegas that weekend. So I'm very curious to see how they go about it. It would just seem like a lot to reschedule it, but I do think they'll force people to wear their mask. I don't know. I mean, MSG and Yankee Stadium here for the longest time require you to show a vaccine proof to get in. So, I mean, they might have to resort to that. I honestly think it's a revenue opportunity for WWE to move that merch. I mean, who wouldn't want a SummerSlam mask, right? Make it the official mask of SummerSlam and charge people 10 bucks for it. But you know. but to that point, do you see, you know, you mentioned the Pacquiao fight, Issa. Do you see people at the Pacquiao fight wearing masks? You know, it's all these people, you know, dressed to the hilt. You know, obviously the crowd is going to be very different there than, than SummerSlam. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been following up with the Vegas um, thing just because, you know, clearly like this could affect um, SummerSlam. But everybody, like even people that are vaccinated are getting COVID over there. Yeah. Um, so something, you know, there's there's a lot going on. But like I told you, I watch like live streams for the, from the strip just to see what the atmosphere is like over there. I never see anybody wearing a mask. But like you guys just said, or Macho Man said, <laughs> this man, they just went into effect. So we'll see what it looks like within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it goes into effect on Friday. So, they, okay. yeah. Uh, all right. Final piece. Of, oh, Jay Lethal does it better, but good job, though. Uh, I'm not going to argue that point, but Jay Lethal gets paid a whole hell of a lot more than $10 to do that impression as well. So it better be a little bit better. Damn. Uh, who, who's, our, who, who's the actor that was on the uh, the that awful Macho Man A&E documentary? He he does the best Macho Man you'll ever see. I'm, God, I'm forgetting his name right now. Someone in the, in the chat will get us. While we're... Help us out, chat room. Help us out. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Final piece of news here. <clears throat> NXT ratings hit an all-time low. No surprise up against the Olympics and bump from the regular channel. Tuesday's edition of NXT scored record low ratings, drawing just 520,000 eyeballs on the Sci-Fi Network. That is down 190,000 in one week. Oh, no. 
In the demo, though, the rating slumped by a whopping 44.0% bottoming out at a 0.12. That is according to WrestleNomics. Now, the Macho Man doesn't know a whole hell of a lot about math, but I do know that that ain't good, Raj. You had to expect it was going to be down, but that's a hell of a drop. I actually thought it was going to be lower. I thought yeah, it was going to be. <laughs> I thought it was going to be in the the high fours. Um, just because, I mean, we've seen like with SmackDown when they the, the nights they move to FS1, their numbers tank. And granted, FS1 is very different than Fox. Sci-Fi is also doesn't have is not near as popular as USA. And I think we're just in an age where. You know, uh, if if it's on the same night and you don't see it on your guide, you just kind of assume it's not on <laughs> or you, you're not looking for it. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was expecting it. It's the first time they've ever been uh, that uh, NXT has ever been on Sci-Fi. And uh, it's probably their high, the Sci-Fi's highest rated show of the week for them. So. <laughs> yeah, and we rush on this one, especially because it was pre-taped. We all saw the spoilers. Like half of us knew what was happening on this show. So the fact that it was pre-taped on Sci-Fi against the Olympic, I actually thought it did good numbers for them, honestly. And, and it was against the Simone Biles Olympics. Yes. Uh, you know, the, the whole thing it happened in the morning, but it aired in prime time. You know, during NXT. So that was some that was some heavy competition. So. Yeah, and I think that they've got the real possibility of going even lower next week when you've got, uh, I believe they're going to be going head-to-head with track and field, which is, uh, that's arguably the biggest part of the Summer Olympics. So a lot of people are going to be watching that in prime time up against them next Wednesday. Um, and frankly, as you guys just said, I mean, the shows are already in the can. So, you know, yeah. if you want to know what happens, <laughs> just yeah. head over to Wrestling Inc. and check it out right now. Yeah, it's even like those weeks when AEW was on Friday nights. It, and, yeah. you know, all these people were like, oh, my God, it's only doing 400,000 viewers or 500,000. It's like, it's just, it's, you know, they'll be back to where they were once they're back on the regular night. NXT will be back to where they Agreed. were. Agreed, especially the with the Samoa Joe news. I think it's going to be, I think people, it will spark some interest. Yes. Yeah, and uh, Charles Williams in the chat, I mean, just going right to the point that people are such a creature of habit, says, I didn't even know NXT was on sci-fi. Yeah, <laughs> you're not the only one, brother. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, Dan Sauter was uh, on the Macho Man bio. Apparently, Dan he was Sauter, the one yes. that was doing the, uh, the hella good impression. Yeah, so, YouTube, uh, <laughs> him, YouTube him doing Macho Man, it's just dead. You, you close your eyes, you would think it's Macho Man. Uh, and uh, NAR Collector, no, NXT is not live on USA and on Sci-Fi. It's not on USA at all for the next, uh, well, next week because of the Olympics. It is taped, and it will be on Sci-Fi, though, at its regular Wednesday at 8 p.m. or Tuesday at 8 p.m. time slot. So, uh, Raj, final thoughts as we get out of here tonight? Uh, nothing. Another hot show, another fun week. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back for SmackDown. Or uh, Issa and uh, Issa and Glenn and Alfred. Yeah, I'll be something. back on Friday. <laughs> make make that jacket sparkle a little bit, though. I feel like, uh, yeah, you there can we go. See it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, for Issa, for Raj, I'm Chuck. Head over to WrestlingInc.com for all of your wrestling news. And uh, I promise I'll work some more on that Macho Man impression for the next time. <laughs> Talk to you again soon. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.